This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Well, and that second, that second angle is kind of how we know that guys are sometimes struggling self-filming, you know, because they have that second angle and it shows them having to put down, have to move it with their elbow, stuff like that. You know, if they didn't have that second angle, you probably wouldn't know that. Yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah. And going back to what we talked about before, if I was running a second camera like that, that's something that I would definitely just leave that running, get out in the tree stand, start it, let it run. If something interesting that day happens, use the video. If not, just wipe it and don't even worry. Oh, you got her, dude. She's down. Let's go. Dude, I just shot a deer of a lifetime. Freaking smoke team. One with nature, and if you're a believer, one with God. Definitely gets your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. All Obsession Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Drew Twerdick. We're back with another edition of Fall Obsessions Podcast. Uh, this week I got Michael Tepe joining me. He's on our pro staff. I uh, actually contributing member of fall obsession. Uh, he came to me with a topic that I thought would be a great conversation for us to have here on the podcast. Uh, today we are going to talk about camera gear, uh, for people who are just getting into filming their hunts, getting into self-filming and people who just kind of want to take their hunts to the next level by recording some of their hunts. And, uh, so Michael, I guess, uh, getting into it, why don't you kind of let everybody know what you came in with, what your question was and what your goals are for this season. Okay. Yeah. So obviously as a new contributing member to fall obsession, uh, I want to be able to contribute as much as I can possibly contribute this fall and going forward, mostly right now, based off finances, uh, don't have a extremely large budget with the filming side of things. So, you know, I had reached out to you and said, Hey, uh, what can we do, you know, try and keep things around maybe 500 bucks or so just to kind of get started this year, get my feet wet. Uh, didn't want to dive in super hardcore right out of the gates, but also wanted to 
try and get good enough quality stuff that we can actually use. And so, you know, I, I come to you and just say, hey, what what can I do with this kind of price point? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's a question that we've gotten from viewers in the past and people on our pages is, you know, as an entry level person or somebody who's just getting into filming their hunts, you know, how can how can I get into it for cheap? So, you know, great topic. Um, so, you know, personally, I have a background in photography, so I find this kind of thing interesting. I get into all of the the gear and all the tech behind it. I kind of I nerd out on it, I guess, if you will, for lack of a better term. But, um, you know, I really kind of dove into your question and thought I'd really just touch base on a couple of different topics today. Um, things that we could you know, recommend to people, areas that you know, it doesn't necessarily even have to be a full camera setup that you're looking at, but things that could help you film your hunt, um, I think was a great topic. So, uh, the first thing that I kind of wanted to touch on was that so many people right now have, um, you know, a really great camera system in their pocket and they don't even think about it. And that's in their cell phone. Uh, you know, a lot of these cell phones now have, you know, really good cameras compared to what we were using a couple years ago. And, um, you know, we're seeing some really high quality videos come out of some pretty good camera setups. And so I thought, you know, one, one way to kind of get into this, if you're not looking at buying a camera is, um, what's a good way to utilize your phone that you already have in a way to take some good high quality video. Um, so one thing that I actually picked up myself this year is it's the, uh, DJI, uh, what is it? OM5 um, or the ohm five. And so what it is, and you know, I'll put links to all of this stuff down in the video description below. Um, but it's a, it's a handheld gimbal. Um, it's meant for stabilizing your phone. Um, in this case, you can shoot either horizontal or vertical video with it. Um, mm -hmm. control the angle with your thumb. It can set different tracking features, um, utilizing an app on your phone. So you, you know, highlight the screen on the phone and you're able to actually follow an individual, um, so holding a handheld device, um, you're able to actually follow somebody around using your phone. It's going to keep it nice and level, nice and square. Um, and it's also going to help you get, I, I'd call it a lot better shots because it's going to keep it focused on the person that you highlight, but it's also going to keep your shots steady and level. So as you're walking through the woods, it's not bouncing up and down. It's not staring at the dirt. It's focused on what you want it to be focused on. Kind of like when you're doing a pre-roll, um, maybe, you know, walking into a set, whether it's a backcountry hunt, whether it's a tree stand set, maybe you might do a little pre-roll before you climb into a tree, especially, uh, you know, if you're close to a bedding area, maybe yep. um, you can get a little pre-roll that way. Like you said, then you're just holding it, especially if you got somebody else with you filming, you know, they can hold it and film you. And like you said, that's, that's going to be way steadier than hold it by your hand. Yep. Yeah. And you know, one of the, I mean, there's pictures of us using it down in Indiana when we were just down there on that bow fishing trip, but it, for us on the bow fishing trip, it was able to take the waves out of the boat. So when we're cruising along and there's rocking in the boat and there's movement in the boat, it really kept that camera nice and steady on the shot. So we were able to get nice level, even shots and some well, actually pretty can, good videos. Yeah. You can get good videos on the boat, man. Imagine what you can do. Just stand on the ground, sitting in a blind, sitting in a tree stand, you know, and you ought to be able to get rock solid, you know, video setting it up like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the other thing too, is once you get 
somewhere, whether it's a tree stand, whether it's, you know, a boat or an indoor shooting blind or whatever your setup is, that, that handheld thing can also become a tripod. So it's got a little foot on it that's got three feet that stick out in different directions and you're actually able to set it up and basically use okay. it as a tripod. So say you get to the stand and you've got a bench there that you can rest it on. You can sit mm-hmm. and self-film using that just as well. So you can set yourself mm-hmm. as the target, face it towards you, and then have it automatically record you as you move around, which is another okay. cool feature of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or in a box blind, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Most of my, I'd say most of my tree stand setups uh, are a little bit more difficult maybe to have a tripod in tripod, you know, camera stand in, but uh, like you and I were dabbling in a little bit earlier via text messages. Uh, you know, I was really interested in the camera arm setup that you, you were telling me about because I'm thinking, man, get the camera arm set up, get the, get your actual phone set up right in there. That just seems like, like you said, I mean, we got such good quality phones nowadays. A lot of these cameras are such good quality, a lot of 4K cameras now. And just why not utilize it? You got it on you all the time, whether it's a good thing or not, is to be debated for something else. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, why as well use it instead of going out and spending, I mean, you and I talked a little bit about it before, to get a decent, like, or maybe above average type quality camera to be able to film what you're looking 800,000, maybe 1200. Yeah. And that may not even get you all the bells and whistles with it. That's just kind of getting you going to start out. Right. Right. Exactly. And not everybody wants to do that. You know, not everybody wants to go in first year and dump a thousand bucks on a camera. And then time you get all your accessories, you might have 1500 bucks into it and not even blink. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah. Easily 1500 bucks by the time you start looking at getting, you know, then camera lenses and your, your stable arm and, you know, all of the other things that we're going to talk about that, you can take what we're going to discuss today and step it up and extrapolate it. Right. So if you do have a bigger budget, there's definitely options in what we're talking about, but there's the same gear is going to be helpful for everybody. So with this gimbal, there's definitely options. If you get into the, the SLRs, right. And you're shooting a more professional body camera, or even in the mirrorless systems, there's definitely bigger gimbals that are going to work for you um, by the same company, actually by DJI who makes other versions for SLR cameras um, that I actually use as well. But so, so what we're talking about today is kind of, you can extrapolate it across all price ranges. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess the next thing, like you'd already talked about, um, tree arms. So last year we, we actually worked with a company called fourth arrow, uh, camera arms. There are other companies on the market that make similar products. Um, but essentially what you really want to focus on is find yourself a nice sturdy arm, right? That's why, mm-hmm. that's why we picked fourth arrow. That's why we like their products is because, at the end of the day, they're very sturdy products. If you look at them, they're heavy duty built. They can hold quite a bit of weight on those camera arms up there. And you're not going to see all the shaking that you would on a, a lighter weight system. Um, okay. you know, what kind of, what kind of system is that to actually hook to the tree? Is that a ratchet trap system? Is that a pool tight strap? What, what are we looking at there from a noise kind of deal there? Yeah. Uh, you know, from what I remember, it's, it's an actual tether arm and I don't think it's a ratchet as much as it is like a pull tight and kind of locks into place or snaps into place to tighten up um Mm -hmm. that that may change as you go up into the heavier duty arms but just looking at you know the the lightest option that they have is that that batten arm kit um that looks probably what you'd want to get if you were going to be filming with you know your phone or a smaller camera or something like that um 
again, under a hundred bucks for that. The other option that you do have, if you hunt out of like a climber or you have a ladder stand or something like that, is they have something that'll actually lock onto your armrest. So rather than oh, okay. having to attach to the tree behind you, you can attach to the stand yourself or that you're sitting in. Um, gives yeah. you kind of that option to get out in front of your face, gets and kind of puts it right there where you can reach it a lot easier. Um, okay, I'm kind of curious about that. You know, here on the homestead, the wife uh, does a lot of hunting out here with me. And for her to feel safe, she likes the buddy stand, the full enclosurement around, you know, when you're sitting down, you're basically everything from your chest down you know is is hidden and covered and so she loves those buddy stands and then i go with her a lot and i was kind of wondering you know as we were discussing it like how would the camera arm system work on some of our trees back behind me you know is it going to be long enough to potentially swing around now that you're bringing up this option of coming right off of the railing basically from what you're making it sound that yeah that sounds very appealing for that style of hunting that we do here you know, if I was wanting to film my wife or something like that. Yep. Yeah. And that's a, it's a very lightweight system um, by the looks of it as well. It's just a single arm, single pivot point. It's called the Rex okay. arm rail kit. Um, a little bit more than the other kit, you're at like 150 bucks, but the bigger thing there is the way that it ties into your, your stand. So that's where the, the added cost there is. Um, mm-hmm. Again, the way we were talking about extrapolating this out. So if you're looking at getting a bigger, bigger camera system, bigger, whatever it is, they do have heavier duty versions. Um, some of them have up to three different pivot arms. So like you were talking about being able to put it on the tree behind you and have that mm-hmm. camera arm kind of reach out and around you and be able to move it without hitting okay. yourself. They do have options for that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But as far as portability, now that's something that I, you know, it, is it something that's very portable or is it something that you're going to go in and put in, in a stand or a set before the season and kind of have it there sitting out in the woods? Um, the other nice thing about that, those camera arms is that they use that universal thread. Uh, so the bottom of your camera, right. It'll screw into the bottom of your camera. So your camera is screwed in tight. It's not in a mounting kit. It's not in a vice. It's not in a clamp of some sort. It's screwed directly into there. Um, going back to that DJI, the, the gimbal system, if you unscrew the feet on the bottom of those and put Mm -hmm. it in, you can now mount your phone on that gimbal and have that on that same camera arm and be able to, as you're self filming, have it track something. So as a deer comes in, you can set it and say, Hey, this is the deer, the animal that I want to follow. And that camera arm or that phone is going to tilt and twist as the deer moves through the frame and follow that. So yeah, you know, you get into those situations. We've all been there trying to self film or Mm -hmm. take a phone video or whatever you're trying to do in the stand. And all of a sudden the deer moves and it's out of frame and you're scrambling to try and, make whatever adjustments you have to do before you shoot. I mean, you see that all the time, guys. Let You know, you come to full draw, you think you're good. He walks through your opening, and next thing you know, you see guys, sometimes you'll see a guy actually use his elbow mm-hmm. maybe to get in there and kind of move the camera arm. Or, man, it's so hard to draw back on these deer. I don't care how old they are. And obviously, the older they are, it's even harder yet. They're so smart. Yep. Man, imagine a big, mature buck. You got to lay it down and <laughs> move your camera again just to get them draw back. Oh my gosh. If you can get drawn twice on a mature buck, I mean, that's like hitting a lottery. So you kind of don't want to have to do that. Yeah. I will tell you, you know, man, I don't know if I really want to admit this, but that Rex rail (laughs) system, if I would have had that last year, I think there's a chance I would have shot that big buck that I had. Um, as he was walking out of the woods, I was sitting there fumbling Mm -hmm. with my phone and trying to get a video of him. 
And I actually, yeah. because I was so nervous and so shaky, actually stopped the video rather than recording it. So I got a nice long video of the inside of my pocket. But, you know, oh. if, I would, if I would have had that, I think I would have gotten the shot because I was fumbling with my phone and then I was fumbling with my rangefinder and mm-hmm. ended up dropping my rangefinder because I was fumbling oh. with my phone and trying to get it on video and range it all at the same time. And I think if I would have taken having to hold the phone out of the equation, I think that would have increased my success there. When you think about it, we, we, you know, we're not called fall obsession for anything. We are obsessed. Okay. Right. <laughs> 365 days a year preparing, dreaming. I mean, you name it, eat, sleep. I mean, just everything deer hunting, you know, or just outdoors in general. And, you know, what we're talking about right now can go in a lot of different facets. But for me personally, it's mostly aimed towards whitetail deer hunting here in the Midwest. And Man, when you get that one opportunity a year, maybe, you know, a lot of guys may get one, two opportunities a year at a mature buck that you're after in your area. And, you know, it sounds like you had that opportunity last year. And it's like, man, you need all the stars to align to even get the opportunity. Now, I don't need to be worried about the equipment holding me back from being able to harvest this, you know, buck of a lifetime, this dream buck, or just a good buck that you only get a shot at once a year anyways. I mean, it's so difficult to spend so much time and effort into this. And then for it to happen like that, that's heartbreaking, man. I hate to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's like you said, we're obsessed. And so I've, since that's happened, I've sat and thought, Hey, what things happened that contributed to that? What can I make changes to? How can I make sure things like that don't happen in the future? So yeah, Yeah. absolutely. We're obsessed. It happened once it sucks and everything, but imagine if it happened again this year, same scenario, another nice buck. You're going to be like, man, I should have changed that before. I should have learned from last year, but it sounds like you did. You're going to take the precautionary steps to make sure that that same situation doesn't happen again. I mean, something might happen, but you know, if it's not the same situation, because then you'll really be kicking yourself for having to have two years in a row, man. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I definitely would be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's like, you know, this is what I love about fall obsession, you know, kind of on a side note, like all us guys are obsessed with this, man. We're, we eat, sleep, drink. I mean, we're just all day consumed in our thoughts, messaging back and forth, emailing back and forth. What can we do to enhance, you know, our, our opportunities, uh, our products that we're putting out, you know, what can we do to just the overall experience, you know, make it better. And, you know, I feel like this is part of it, what you and I are talking about right here. What can we do to make, you know, the, the experience better? You know, I mean, I'd love to have some awesome video footage to show my kids as they're growing up of their mother harvesting wild game or of their father harvesting wild game. You know, right now I'm just telling stories and, you know, little kid, it's kind of hard to them. And then if I can just play back this video, look, this was mom, look, she shot this or, you know, dad was able to harvest that, you know, and that's, I think that's that not only just being a part of fall obsession and trying to build the brand and get some different kind of quality out there, like just to add to the program here with what we can put out. It's part just, you know, the memories you get to share with your kids and your loved ones. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we like to tell the stories when we get back and mm-hmm. what we're talking about today is going to give you that opportunity to not just tell the story, but be able to actually share it with your family in a way that is going to be captivating for them to want to sit and watch it and not just, Oh, here's this grainy cell phone video or whatever it is that you have to show for it. At the end of the day, we, we want to produce good content, but if you're at home trying to self film, we want you to have 
the knowledge and the background to be able to create great content for yourself to share as well with your family or whoever you want to share it with. Well, and how many times would it be nice to have that vid, that shot on video, especially an archery shot, a gunshot may, may be a little harder to, you know, stop the frames to see exactly where the hit was at. But man, with a bow, a lot of times, especially with these lighted knocks, I mean, you got a pretty good idea what, you know, when you replay that back and how many times you shot a deer without a camera rolling and you just start second guessing yourself. As soon as that deer runs out of sight, you don't see it drop. I mean, you could have put a perfect shot. You just keep second guessing. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the event that sold it for me was our group trip down to Texas. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Sam and I've talked about it before, but those deer, when he shot them just didn't bleed. Um, mm-hmm. but the nice part was we were all trying to create content. So we were all filming. So every deer that got mm-hmm. shot down there was on camera. And I can't tell you the number of times that, you know, somebody would go look for a deer, not see any blood and be a little discouraged, but come back to camp and we'd all sit down review that footage and sit and watch it frame by frame and say, Hey, that's a dead deer. Let's go find it as a group. Or, hey, that mm-hmm. shot missed, which didn't happen, but being able to look back and have the confidence of knowing that deer should be dead mm-hmm. based on where that shot hit. Yeah, it's something that, you know, going back to the antelope pond out in Montana um, with Chester and Sam, uh, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately that shot hit in no man's land on that antelope. And in real time, it looks like a great shot. And even reviewing it on the camera, it looks like a great shot until you go mm-hmm. frame by frame by frame like you're talking about. And then it's like, okay, that hit in the white portion. So it's a little bit above that horizon line that you want to shoot for. And, you know, it could be a long track. So let's give it overnight, come back and look in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. That's just so vital to have that opportunity. I mean, it's not always going to work out picture perfect, you know, that's just hunting, that's life, but just to have the opportunity, that's what I'm really striving for now. And, you know, and the wife and I sat down and talked about it. And that's where I kind of came up with that about five, $600 price point for what we felt comfortable with this year, getting into it. And, you know, we'll see how things go. If everything goes good, we enjoy it. We may end up spending 1500 two grand next year, get the whole nice, good setup going. But yeah, to get started, you know, this is why I reached out to you because I was like, Drew's the guy, got to get a hold of Drew. He's like you said, not to take, you know, you're the one that said kind of like a nerd when it comes to, you know, the technology side of things. For me, on the other hand, I can barely work this smartphone. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've definitely been pushing both behind the scenes and kind of openly with the staff that you know, mm-hmm. let's get better equipment, let's make better videos. And if you have questions about that, I'm definitely the point of contact on that to reach out to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I guess if we're going to keep talking about cameras here, since we're talking about gimbals and stuff and we're kind of on that direction that before we really move on to getting into some of the more professional equipment, um, there's another thing that DJI makes and it's sort of a standalone, uh, both gimbal and camera all in one. And, uh, it's called the DJI pocket two and it shoots in 4k video. So if it's something where like you're looking to only create video, if that's your next step, is you're not mm-hmm. really concerned about taking photos. You're not concerned about anything really besides like, man, this year I'm going to go out and I'm going to shoot video of every hunt and I'm going to self film myself walking in and doing the recovery and all that stuff that, that handheld, um, image stabilization. It's, it's perfect for what you need. You're looking at like 300 bucks for that. Uh, so it's going to eat a big portion of this $500. If that was, you know, the only direction that you were going to go, it's not really something that, I'd recommend if you're just looking to sort of buy a lot of equipment, but if that was very specialized, like, Hey, this is the one thing that I'm focused on this year. That's a pretty cool piece of equipment. 
Um, okay. But then again, like we've already talked about the option that includes using, being able to use your phone um, and accomplish mm-hmm. the same thing. So uh, when we're talking about being limited to $500 and having to adjust where that spend is coming from, uh, I, I wouldn't really justify it in that $500 budget, but okay. it, it is an option to keep in mind for people looking yeah. at a little bit more. Yeah. Um, moving on from there, I think probably the next best thing before stepping up to a camera, say you've got the stabilization, you've got your phone running the way you want, making good videos. Um, I guess the next step that I would recommend for people is really moving into your audio. Um, it's something that we've noticed here is your phone does a great job of recording video, but it doesn't pick up the audio both in quiet situations. Like when you're sitting in a deer stand and you're trying to whisper because there's a deer there or, um, you know, when you set it up on the other side of the room and you're trying to film something from a little bit of a distance, it, it sounds really echoey and kind of like in a, like you're in a tin can, you can hear that distance in the audio. Um, so one thing that I'd really recommend to people is picking up uh, a wireless mic, um, like a wireless mm-hmm. lavalier mic is what you're going to look for on Amazon. Um, you've okay. got options all the way from $40, which is like a Bluetooth connective option to mm-hmm. Rode makes a really nice option called the go to. And you're looking at uh, about $200 for a starter packet there. Um, okay. So, you know, anywhere from that $40, which I know is, I think Todd actually just picked up a set of those, um, just the Amazon wireless lavalier mics. Yeah, I think he told me it was about like 60 bucks maybe by the time you get taxes in there and stuff with, with the model that he got anyways. And yep. and I know he got two mics that, that came with his. So. Yep. Yeah, and, and I mean, if you go back and you watch the difference between the episode that he shot without those and the episode that he shot mm-hmm. with those, there's a huge difference in – you know, for 60 bucks, that's a great improvement that you can have being able to have that mic just clipped right here to your shirt while you're sitting in the deer stand and your camera's over on that camera arm sitting there, you know, just, yeah. it, it adds that, that audio quality. So people are going to be able to pick up what you're saying in that video. Well, especially like you said, you're, if you're out deer hunting or something where you really do have to pay attention to your noise, you don't want to be talking like you and I are talking right now. You know, you want to be able to whisper a little bit more and pick up that audio. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess with that microphone too, one of the things you want to think about, um, since we're talking about it, we, we don't always hunt when there's no wind. So get yourself a good, like really fuzzy mic cover, um, to really cut down on that wind gust sound that, you know, the kind of the bigger, okay. the fuzzier, the longer the hairs on it, the better it's going to sound in those high oh, wind okay. situations. So when you're sitting there in the stand, you know, they come with the foam ones, but they also have that option of getting for a couple extra bucks. You can get the, they're kind of windproof or whatever they are covers. Um, sense there yeah yeah so it'll really cut down on the wind it gets rid of that like like wind in the microphone sound that you hear and it really you know off the trees man it's nothing to get a 15 25 mile an hour wind day and i could definitely imagine that could definitely block and kind of screw up some of your audio yeah yeah and the other thing people don't think about either is they get up in the tree so you throw that on and you're wearing a sweatshirt and you know walk out and it's you know, you're warm walking to your stand and then you get out in the stand and then you get cold and then you put the jacket mm-hmm. on over that mic and now the mic's not going to pick it up. So if you, if you are going with that wireless mic, make sure as you add layers, you kind of adjust and move it. You want to keep it kind of that outside layer, just right up by your chin. So okay. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that sounds like a, one of the investments that with with my price point, it's that's a done deal. Got to get a mic. Yep. And the nice part is with them being Bluetooth is you can connect them right to your phone. So if you are going to be shooting with your phone, you know, like we've talked about, it's a, it's a cheap option to get you connected to your phone wirelessly with a microphone as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you are going to be shooting, you know, for people we're talking about, you know, the bigger setups or the, the next step up, right? So if you are shooting with an yep. SLR and you're shooting with a bigger lens, um, one thing that I like to throw on top, Rode makes a, uh, it's just called the Rode Go mic, I think. It's just, it mounts on top, right on top of the camera. Um, it okay. doesn't show up in any of the shots, but it picks up all the audio. So when you're standing there doing an interview with somebody and they're a couple feet away from you talking to you, it picks that audio up great. Uh, if you're out just doing, you know, day-to-day activities, it picks that audio up good. Um, it does struggle sort of in loud environments. Um, to really isolate that sound. So if you're in a noisy environment trying to talk, it's not going to do the best. Uh, if you're you know, in a deer stand and the camera's farther away from you, it is going to pick it up. It's what I used in Texas uh, for that Texas staff hunt. So there's you know, clips where Andy and I are talking to the camera that you can go back and hear that. And it, I mean, it picks up the audio really well in a blind. Um, that might be a little different on a windy day. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Um. While you're talking about adding stuff onto your cameras and stuff, uh, on my notes here, I was also talking about the lighting. Yeah. Uh, I know you and I briefly talked about that when it came to more, like you said, maybe a post hunt. It's dark out in your evening, do a little post hunt, uh, maybe a recovery video. So what do you, what are your ideas for that? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a couple options here. Uh, they do make camera mounted lights. They do make lights that, you know, run in conjunction with your camera or powered off of your camera. Um, really one of the things that I've found works better than anything else for really cheap is just go to, you know, whether it's Northern tool or your local auto parts store and get just one of those, um, like square array led lights. They usually have them for like shop lights or working on something usually battery powered. Um, the one I have is, probably two inches by three inches. So they're not huge, but it puts off a lot of light and being able to hold it somewhere besides directly from the camera. So if you're able to hold it off to the side or up higher or even down lower, depending on the circumstance, right? You're able to get better lighting than just the light on your camera. Uh, If you're trying to do like night shots with your phone, um, the light on the camera is pretty tough on people's eyes and being able to like lift it up and behind you or, sort of above the camera so that they're able to look in the camera and not be blinded by the light is going to give you a better shot as well. Um, It's also going to kind of broadcast light. So if you're out there doing that recovery video and you're trying to get a good video of your deer in the field during that recovery, you know, having more light to kind of sort of set the scene and cover the grasses and the deer itself and the body of the deer rather than just here's the face of this deer and some antlers that are shining in a dark scene. So really just sort of light that whole scene up and let the camera pick up more light. Okay. Um, so is that something that you would use for the tracking also then while you're tracking, is that something you would do just kind of maybe, you know, like in my situation where I'm using a phone, just kind of holding the phone, have it off to the side of it, you know, help light up the trail, you know, as you're tracking the blood trail or something. Yeah, exactly. It, Anything that you can light up or anything that you can videotape and light up 
is going to be a better picture at night um, than trying to rely on shooting in low video. Okay. Okay. Um, also, I, I know you and I talked a little bit about this. Uh, some guys don't have as much space on their phones uh, with the drive, you know, like maybe a Google Drive. I have a Samsung phone. Um, so Androids, iPhones, they have different types of storage. Every model comes with different storage. What, you know, do you recommend for, for, for a guy, maybe just to spend the monthly money? I, I, I looked into it, you know, a couple bucks a month, I can get a decent amount of uh, space through Google drive added, you know, or basically goes to the cloud and I can just access it. What, what do you think about stuff like that? That kind of pertains more to cell phone usage, you know? Yeah. I, not only does cell phone usage, but once you upload your videos and having a place to store it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you'd mentioned, Google drive is what we survive on as an organization, um, being able to shoot video and then upload it from my phone without ever even having to, you know, upload it to my computer first or anything like that. It's just, just open that app on your phone and it's right there ready to go. That is mm -hmm. huge for us as far as being able to share that information. Um, for me, yeah. additionally, it allows me to shoot way more video in a season because once I shoot video, I just upload it to the drive and then I can delete it off my phone. Um, so if your phone's slowing down because it's full of video, it allows me to store all that stuff offline. So I don't even have to watch it. I can just shoot and record. Um, it's one of the things I tell all of our staff, right? Always be recording. You never know yeah. when something interesting is going to happen. Oftentimes it, it happens and then you're like, man, I wish I was recording that. Um, but yeah, if you keep recording, you're going to have a lot mm -hmm. of files and a lot of data that you're going to have to store. Um, and being able to drop that on the drive so you don't have to watch it right away or somebody else can watch it or you can store it for years to come is awesome. Mm -hmm. I, it's so cheap. I think I, I think they even give you up to a certain amount for free every year just for having a Google account. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I know my phone personally is like 15 gigabytes and it's, you know, it's already telling me that, hey, you're getting uh, low on uh, storage here. So that's why I was saying yeah. Uh, I know that bow fishing trip that we just went on. Uh, I think I shot pretty close to, yeah, it was a couple hundred gigs of video. So, you know, you, you get through a lot of video real quick. Um, especially when you step up into some of those bigger cameras and you're shooting 4k or HD with that better quality probably takes up more gigabytes. Yeah. 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 And you know, one of the things that I have for, situations where you know i'm out in north dakota or montana or somewhere where i can't access that that google drive is i actually have um, external hard drives that plug into my computer um, they make solid state drives that are about a hundred dollars a terabyte now um, okay. i actually just picked up a two terabyte storage device for yeah, about two hundred dollars so it, okay. for me that'll last all season i'll be able to shoot as much video as i want upload all of mm -hmm. that on there and you know i can just set that aside and Anytime I want to go back to it, say I want to go back years later and, you know, kind of reminisce on a hunt, all that stuff is stored mm -hmm. and can pull that up. Well, you could, uh, sounds like you could potentially, if a guy didn't want to buy a new one every year, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you might be able to just take everything off of that drive. Now put it into a Google drive, maybe erase that drive. Boom. You're good for the next season. Now you don't have to spend $200, you know, if you don't want to, I mean, Exactly. Yeah. It's not something you have to buy every year. I mean, I shoot way more video than I think the average person. So, you know, if yeah. I, if I had to guess an average person, a terabyte of video and photos would 
be more than enough to keep you shooting and videoing for several years, if not more, um, especially if you're looking at using, you know, one of the smaller cameras we're about to talk about, or if you're using your phone, then storage like that should be no issue for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is your thought on a second angle? You know, you, um, you see a lot of guys using second angle cameras. Uh, maybe it's a Tacticam. Maybe it's a GoPro. I mean, it could, you know, some of the guys spend all money, maybe even just a little bit lower quality camera. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got a guy on staff who is a part of the Tacticam team, uh, Heath. And, and he brought one of those out to that bow fishing event. And that thing was sweet. Um, he had a, an external mount, so it didn't have to be mounted to his bow or to his gun. It should just clamp on just like we're talking about to, to take that video. And man, that thing, he was able to get some cool angles. You know, the fact that he was able to put it kind of right on the edge of the boat, right in the edge of the water was, it was sweet. Um, so yeah, I looked into them a little bit. They got some of them, like I said, you got a clip on it like a, a adjustable uh, I don't know what you want to call it it's like a piece of metal basically right even yeah, like a flexi snake or something like that is how i'd kind of describe it yeah yeah even though it's kind of wrapped in a, in a plastic coating but yeah then you kind of move it you know like you said kind of snake it around however you want it to to take the video i know like you and i talked about before you, you don't necessarily want that to be your you know your go-to filming equipment just because it is such a wide you know, pan and it doesn't zoom in as much. I know some of the newer ones, like the 6.0 cam I looked into, um, that one has a zoom in now, like up to eight power. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's definitely settings for them. I think the guys that use them for waterfall hunting and mount them on the guns, I think that's, a, mm-hmm. you get some cool shots there. Um, that's a difficult, yeah, that's a difficult sport to film, you know, uh, mm-hmm. fast moving birds. I think it'd be sweet to choose some upland game with that sort of thing. Uh, I've used GoPros in the past, uh, things okay. like, um, waterfowl hunting is cool. You can go out and you can set them in the decoys, um, use the remote control on your phone where you're able to use the app on your phone to start them and stop them as there's birds working. I found that to be yeah. really cool. Um, there's actually been situations where, you know, hunting with my buddies up in Fergus, um, the guys at pit properties, uh, we were actually mm-hmm. able to set that up outside, um, looking towards town where the birds come from and then hang out down there where it was warm and sort of hang out and hook that up to the TV. And we were able to sit and watch and you could see when the birds would start flying and everybody'd go get to their shooting stations and run to their spot and start hunting. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was a cool hunt. Yeah. Those guys have it rough. They they've got full kitchens and pits for 10 people. Yeah, eight. What is it like? Eight hundred yards from the levee. Yeah, those guys they smash a lot of birds up there. It's it's a fun hunt. Well, and if that's what you you're you know if that's what you mostly do is waterfall hunt. Yeah, be all in. Yeah. Okay, so is that something that you think uh, adds a different element? You know, the second angle. You know, kind of the over the shoulder shot. You know, maybe you got your main. Like for me, maybe I got the cell phone on a camera arm, trying to get the actual kill shot. Maybe you got a Tacticam off to the side, um, you know, kind of getting you draw back or, you know, whatever else is going on The kind of what's going on behind the camera type of deal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a cool angle too, is to, you know, rather than just focus on the deer, get yourself drawing back and getting ready to shoot and mm-hmm. you know, hopefully not shaking because it's a giant. Yeah. Buck, but yeah. 
Well, and that second, that second angle is kind of how we know that guys are sometimes struggling self-filming, you know, because they have that second angle and it shows them having to put down, have to move it with their elbow, stuff like that. You know, if they didn't have that second angle, you probably wouldn't know that. Yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah. And going back to what we talked about before, if I was running a second camera like that, that's something that I would definitely just leave that running. Get out in the tree stand, start it, let it run. If something interesting that day happens, use the video. If not, just wipe it and don't even worry about using it. Okay. Yeah. I guess one of the other things that you and I had talked about uh, was wanting to potentially look at buying uh, a camera, right? A standalone camera to go with the lavalier mic, to go with the camera arm, to go with um, the stability, the stabilization for your phone. Um, a couple very nice, uh, entry level cameras that I was looking at. So I kind of looked at, you know, what are the cameras that shoot 4k video, uh, that mm-hmm. have a, a pretty good name behind them. Um, you can obviously go out and find, you know, cheap versions of stuff if you really want to try and experiment yeah. with stuff. But uh, I kind of wanted to give something that is tried and tr- tested, um, that people can rely on. Uh, so I guess my first recommendation is for people looking to, um, really just kind of break into shooting with HD video, um, having, uh, sort of that SLR type camera, um, that, that camera body, um, it even, I think it may even have some interchangeable lenses available for it, but is the, the Sony cyber shot, the Sony cyber shot DSC H. 300. Um, it is $198. So it gets you under the $200, um, level, which would then allow you to get both that stability arm and Mm -hmm. your, um, lovelier mics and your, um, your, your camera arm for, you know, the tree. Um, and that would keep you right at your $500, um, ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. That actually sounds pretty interesting. What kind of zoom are you looking at on something like that? Uh, so it says that it comes with an optical zoom of 35, uh, X, which, you know, is the equivalent mm-hmm. of a 4.5 to a 157 lens. Um, so that's actually right in the ballpark of what I'm using, uh, on okay. my, on my bigger camera. Uh, I use an 18 to 180, I think the lens is. So it's right in the same, as far as being able to zoom, um, that I'm getting on that bigger camera, it shoots uh, up to 720 HD video. So it's not going to give you that full 4k, but it is mm-hmm. going to give you high def video. So as far as going back in a, being able to review your film, have a nice video to share with friends and family, even be able to host it. If you want to make a YouTube video or share it on your social media, uh, the quality mm-hmm. is going to be good enough there that people are really going to be able to see a nice video. Um, it's going to allow you to take still photographs very well too. So if that's something that you want to do is get into that, that still photography, it's going to allow you that option as well. Um, it also does have the LCD screen on the back. So, you know, if you're out in the field and you make that shot and you're trying to review it on the actual camera itself, you don't have to bring that file back to a laptop, back to a viewer, whatever it is to take a look at the video. It's something you can look at it right on, on the camera itself. Um, yeah. So I I think that would be a great option if you pair it with the other stuff that we're talking about. I think if you're not as interested in getting into sort of that SLR body um, mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you can get into some of those point and shoot cameras that have 
digital zoom. So it's not going to give you the optical zoom, but you are going to be able to get some digital zoom. Um, again, the quality is not going to be as good um, since you're not shooting. It's a different type of camera, right? When you're dealing with optical zoom, it's all happening digitally. It's not the lens itself taking the zoom. So that's where you're going to see a big difference between, you know, some of those point and shoot cameras that are still going to be able to make decent video and getting into something that's more like this. Um, I think the next step up from there. um, So we're jumping from $200 to $350 here is stepping over to the Panasonic um, and that's the Lumix. And this is going to bring you up to uh, 4K digital video. So uh, it's the Lumix FZ80 if you're looking for it. Okay. Um, this one has 60x zoom. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to zoom in even further than the other. Uh, I think that gets you up to about the equivalent of like a 200 millimeter lens. Um, so a little bit more zoom. Out of, the, out of the lens that comes with it. It gets you into that full 4K video at 30 frames a second. So you're not getting the 60K or 60 frames, and you, but it is the 30 frames. Um, it's going to pick up those shots in real nice high def. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you're looking at like $350 here. So, you know, if you're looking at your budget and you only have that $500 to spend here at this 350, you can get yourself a camera arm. You can get a, a cheap lavalier mic and you can get, this camera and there's your $500. Yeah. And that's really not bad, honestly, you know, like we had talked about, you know, if, if it was the right setup and we had to spend a little bit more than 500 bucks, you know, let's say 600 bucks or something like that. Uh, you know, we were okay with that. It's just more of, you know, ballpark figure wise, you know, let's just see where we can be at in that range. And can we shoot good enough quality video that we can actually use, like you said, on our YouTube channel, you know, where most of the video is actually being taken in by our, you know, consumers. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, talking about this now is an option. So say you go with this camera and you get that camera arm from, you know, fourth arrow and you have everything set up. Well, now you have your phone as an option, right? So now going back to what we've talked about before about the the second camera angle or whatever it is, now just mm-hmm. go buy yourself a cheap camera clamp um, and you can mount it to your arm rail on your, on your stand and get yourself a second camera angle, put it on a tree or on a strap that you have behind you. We're able to mount it there and get it, get that over the shoulder angle like you were talking about before and really be able to then have that second camera angle without spending any more money. Yeah. Yeah. Keep you in the same price point. Now something that just come in my mind, it's a little bit off topic. I mean, it's still camera related, but the exact topic we're on, um, when you start getting in low light conditions, okay, uh, obviously you see it all the time when you're watching these hunting videos. I mean, when do the deer mostly show up? That big guy usually shows up with 10, 20 minutes, maybe if you're lucky, a half hour before dark. And what is um, not only just having good quality lighting, good quality video to be able to show everyone, but what about the lighting? Like I'm thinking of my phone, for instance, uh, whether it's second angle or, or the main angle, how do I keep that, you know, what do you do to turn your brightness down on your screen so that way you can't, you're not reflecting light back? You know, is that something that you're worried about when you're, when you have a standalone camera like you're talking about for 200, 350 bucks, you know, what do you do when it gets low light? Does that adjust on its own? Is that something you adjust? I, you can set it to automatically adjust your screen. Um, usually if I'm filming and it's getting towards dusk, I have my brightness all the way down. 
I also, I usually also run um, one of those privacy screens. It's like uh, mm-hmm. your screen protector, but it's a privacy filter on it. So you can't see the light. Uh, let me see if I can show you. So let's see if it'll work on the phone. So as I twist, it blacks it out, right? So um, as I'm yeah. sitting, as I'm sitting in the stand, there's not light kind of going off to my sides and over my shoulder. Um, it really yeah. kind of limits that splash of that light down. Um, okay. Yeah, but like you had mentioned, you know, your camera has, you know, a lot of the Androids and a lot of the new phones are actually coming out with low light mode. Uh, so if your phone has okay. that, definitely take advantage of that. Um, Mm-hmm. It may end up giving you, depending on the camera and the settings and how it actually achieves that, you may notice like a motion blur on your video where it's going to look like mm-hmm. as a deer takes a step, you're going to see that that leg oh. is kind of kind of like dragging the most. Yep, yep. And it'll look, mm-hmm. it may make motion look weird, right? But you'll still be able to capture some video. Um, okay. Yeah. As far as when we're talking about actual cameras and lenses, um, if you're spending money on you know, that SLR setup, you're going to be able to look at lenses with um, smaller aperture value. So the smaller the aperture value, the bigger the lens is going to open up and the more the lens is going to have light coming into it. Um, okay. That being said, so when you start shooting with those big aperture lenses and you're shooting at something, it's going to narrow your depth of field. So you, it's gonna, you're going to notice as you step into those, those bigger openings that unless you're really focused on that deer, the stuff that's like just behind it and just in front of it's going to be out of focus. Um, might make some of those instances where we were talking about like reviewing footage to check a hit. It may mm-hmm. make some of that um, more difficult, right? Cause that arrow is not going to be in focus until like the second it hits the deer. Okay. But that's once you're like stepping into bigger lenses and I'm talking bigger lenses even than I use. And so it's, it's not a huge issue for, the cameras that we're talking about, but it is something to think about as you're, as you're stepping up. It was, you know, something that I noticed on my hunt, um, down at the axis hunt, um, the guide out there, Joseph actually let me use his camera. He had a a really sweet zoom lens that I'm thinking about getting, but it's a little bit out of my price point at this point. Um, but I, it was a one to 500 zoom lens. Um, yeah. And so at full zoom, I mean, that thing really just, shrank everything right and so at full zoom and with that that wide open like that it was really something where i was like oh cool only the deer is in focus or like you could zoom in on just the head and get just the eye in focus and have like the antler and the nose be out of focus that's incredible yeah it was really sweet now um you got me really thinking here about the 350 dollars price point for the uh, second camera that you were talking about the panasonic Okay. So since I'm not a tech savvy guy, I will never admit to be, um, how does someone go about figuring out how to get the footage off of that now onto my computer or, you know, how do I get that onto the drive folder? How does stuff like that work for guys like me that don't know so much about the tech side of things? Yeah. Uh, so the, I guess the easiest way if, when you plug it into your computer, uh, some computers actually have a slot for SD cards now. Um, it's just mm-hmm. like that little, about an inch wide slot that's maybe a quarter yep. inch. So your, your SD cards will go right in there from your camera. So you pull them out of your camera, slide it right into there on your computer. If not, they make external ones that plug in with a USB cord. Um, yep. Same thing. Uh, and then you pull them off there and put it 
oh, if you're getting that external drive, that external drive is going to show up on your desktop just like a secondary hard drive and you just, you know, make folders in there like you do with a traditional drive and store it in there. So it's similar to checking trail cameras because, I mean, you pull your SD card, put your SD card in, kind of pulls a folder up. It's, it is somewhat similar to that, that's what you're saying. Same exact process. Yep, same exact okay. process, yeah. And then, and then you can just now uh, – you would just take that and just down, you know, uh, copy it or something off of that folder and then just like kind of just download it, drop it into the drive. Yeah. Folder. So yeah. When you pull up uh, Google drive, um, at least on my computer in the, in the window, um, you can actually just drag and drop right onto your window. Um, and the okay. compatibility, will just load it right up there. Other computers, I'm, there may be like a, a load button or like a new folder button that you're hitting on that Google drive window. That's going to allow you to access it and put it up. But it, it, the transfer speed, um, if you're on wireless can be sometimes a little slower if you're uploading a lot of video. I know all of the bow fishing videos that I uploaded the other night, I think it was like 170 videos or 180 files that I uploaded. Um, it ran overnight. So I just set it as I was going to bed, hit upload, turned off the, the brightness on the screen. So it was black and then just let it run overnight and that was on wireless mode yeah that was running on wireless but i know if i actually like plugged into my modem um that it would be a lot faster but yeah wireless is a little slower for data transfer does a guy can a guy just use a normal laptop or something like this do you need to have a fancy drive on your you know you need to have a fancy computer or just a normal laptop will do normal laptop will work normal desktop will work if that's all you have um i know they even mm-hmm. make card readers for your phone so if you don't have a laptop and you want to you know shoot video and send it to somebody or shoot video and store it on the drive like we're talking about they do make card readers that'll plug into your both okay. your iphone and your android um and that'll yeah. allow you to use the app on the phone to you know, select those photos and just upload it right on onto the drive as well. That might even be faster than using your laptop, honestly. Yeah, for a lot of people that may be faster because you're not having to upload them twice then because you don't have to upload it to your computer and then upload it to the drive. You can just upload it straight from that that card right onto the drive. Well, yeah, because that's another thing. Um, when you're uploading it to your computer, then all, then now you're taking space away from your computer, right? Right, Until right. Until you would get it. Once you get it in the drive, you could delete it, right? And then that way you just access it from the drive. Yeah, that's something I guess we didn't talk about. But yeah, make sure you know how much storage you have on your computer and you know don't shoot more than that because if you were trying to, say, upload video to your hard drive before you put it on the Google Drive, you're going mm-hmm. to maximize your computer hard drive and really slow things down. That's, okay. kind of, that's kind of the reason that I like to use those uh, external hard drives. I guess that's the reason that I push for them is rather than using my desktop or my laptop computer, right? Everything, you know, as soon as that card goes in, it never touches my computer. It goes from the card right to my external hard drive. That way it's not slowing down my computer. Okay. So I could get, I could get a different, um, external, like an SD card. You're saying a lot of these cameras just use a regular SD card now. Yep. And, And so I could just keep the, so you're saying I would potentially not even have to download it off the SD card onto my laptop. I could just pull the file off the SD card, put it straight to the drive. Yeah, if, you, if you have that plug from your phone, like if you have that, whether it's a lightning cable adapter yeah, yeah, or yeah. USB-C adapter or whatever, but they make yeah. they make SD card readers that are for your phone, yeah. 
Yeah, I've seen them for guys using them for trail cameras yep. even. Um, but you're saying that that wouldn't be an option though. Just take the if you take the SD card, plug it into your actual laptop. You would need to download it to the laptop itself before you could move it to the drive. Uh, yes, before you could move it to the Google Drive, I think you have to put it onto your. Uh, you know, I may be wrong, but I think that you have to pull it off your SD card. But I could I could be wrong there. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just there's options for everything, right? You can, you can change things however you want. Um, I think one of the bigger things that kind of goes overlooked, we've talked about SD cards, um, and trail cameras, everybody's got SD cards laying around, uh, but the ones that you're going to want to use for these cameras, uh, are actually a faster card. They come in different classes, right? And, Mm -hmm. um, they make, I think it's, I'm probably wrong on this, but it's class four, I think is the ones that you want to use for shooting HD video. They're faster, right? You want to choose the fastest ones. They say right on them for shooting H or HD or 4k video. Um, Okay. Yeah. Well, I know some of my cellular cameras now are requiring better quality SD cards than your non-cell cameras. So it's probably even better quality yet than those. Exactly. Yeah. Same thought process. It just, with those big files, right, as you go to write video, because you're shooting higher def video, your file sizes are bigger. So you need a faster mm-hmm. card that's able to write all of those files as you're recording. Okay. okay. Um, what also uh, would be some of your tips for a guy that's like myself, that's getting newer into the, the filming side of things? What's your tips for <clears throat> not necessarily the you know, we went over all the gear and the gadgets, right? So yep. what's the tips when it comes crunch time, you know, deer season's here, turkey season's here, whatever hunting season it is that you're after is here. It's time now to get this camera out, get your phone out. What's the what's the kind of, you know, crash course, you know, let's try and avoid headache type of tips that you would have for, for something like that? Uh, first and foremost, I would not wait until the day of season to start using your camera gear. <laughs> I, I, I would get all of that ironed out. I'd find interesting things to videotape and shoot and practice all of the uploading and all of the, all the whole process, right? Go out and pretend like you're on a hunt, shoot the dog mm-hmm. running around the yard, whatever it is, upload the video, mm-hmm. get all that practice. That way, if something goes wrong, you've got time to ask people, Hey, this is the problem I'm experiencing. I can't get my card to upload. I can't get my computer mm-hmm. to connect to the drive. And there's people that'll help you with that through different steps of the process, but don't wait till the end for that to happen. Um, yeah, I've been, man, I've been guilty of it myself, right? I was driving out to Montana two years ago for an elk hunt and decided I was going to buy my spotting scope on the way out to Montana and yeah. ended up buying the display model, uh, just the box. So no spotting oh. scope. So I got out for my elk hunt and didn't have a spotting scope. So yeah, oh. I, I'm speaking from experience here. Not just, <laughs> not just throwing that around. Um, well, we've all been there, you know, life hits and you, you get busy pretty quick nowadays. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think the other thing that I would tell people, um, I tell it to our staff is always be recording. Uh, if you have, if you have the money to, um, buy that camera, make sure you have enough money to, in your budget to buy two, um, SD cards, you know, mm-hmm. the biggest ones you can find or the ones that work for your setup. Um, mm-hmm. That way, when you fill one up, you've got another one in your pocket you can throw in. Um, same with batteries. Same get your, yep, get a, get a spare battery. Um, mm-hmm. Even more so, the thing that I found that I carry around all the time now are these like portable battery packs. 
Um, like okay. USB charging battery packs, you can recharge them oh, and just yeah. be able to like yeah. run a USB cord into something. And you know, whether it's your phone that dies, uh, whatever it is, charge batteries, all that stuff is awesome to be able to do that remotely. Um, yeah. you can pick I've those up one. for 20, 30 bucks off Amazon too. So I'd add that to our list. Yeah. I bought one a few years back, uh, for the, over the, over the counter elk hunts out in Colorado, you know, you get off the grid a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I used to play a lot of games on my phone in the tree stand while I was bow hunting and my phone would die all the time and I'd, I'd hear about that. So I got one so I could <laughs> keep my phone charged and stay in contact with people who want to get a hold of me. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes those games can get tempting when you're that or social media. <laughs> yes. So it makes you wonder how many deer you don't see if you're looking at your phone. It's got to be so many. Uh, there's, um, I could look back on it and the number of times where I put my phone down and had a deer under the stand or walking by me, and it's like, oh, missed that one. I love those memes on social media. Big old buck stand there and making fun of you, saying you're looking at your phone instead of him. Oh yeah. I got a buddy who still gives me a hard time. I took him muzzle loader hunting, um, told him how good the spot was. We went up to my farm up, uh, up here, Northern Minnesota. Um, you know, sitting there, sun was setting. It's probably five, 10 minutes left of shooting time. And I'm on my phone texting people like, Hey, we headed home soon. This is the time I'm coming home. I want to put my phone away and it was full brightness. And so it took a second for my eyes to adjust. And as soon as they adjusted, I sit and there's five deer probably 20 yards away from me, just staring at me because I was all lit up by my phone. So that was you know, <laughs> when I started turning the brightness down and got that privacy filter. <laughs> yeah. It's like for me anymore with the phone, it'll be an hour before dark and I've already turned, I've already manually turned the brightness down. Cause it's like, you know, it's inevitable. You're going to, even if you just flip it up to see the time, I'm not a watch wearer. And so, you know, for guys like me that don't want, don't like to wear a watch, it's okay. What time is it? How many more minutes do I have to shoot? Like how many times you pull that thing out? Just click the screen real quick to see, okay, I got five minutes. I got 10 minutes, whatever it is, you know, man, you light the whole woods up. I've been, I've had them deer look up at you like what in the world? Yeah. I actually saw a really cool product the other day. Um, that solves that issue. It's a, like a watch that doesn't have a face, doesn't have a light, doesn't anything. It connects to your phone somehow, or you set it somehow and it knows sunrise and sunset tables and it's got a red light and a green light. And that's the only thing on it. It goes around your wrist. kind of looks like a Fitbit and it's oh, wow. as soon as shooting light, that light switches to green. So all you got to do is look at your wrist and either green for go or red for it's not legal. Oh wow! So that's a new somebody. So somebody's had problems like what we are talking about. Exactly. Yeah, and I thought that was a cool <laughs> option. You know, no watch, no nothing else. It doesn't really matter. It's either you can shoot or you can't. Which yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I'm legal or am I not? And then when it comes to the filming side of things, and there might be times where you're legal and you just don't have good enough light. You know, and it's a judgment call you got to make there. You know, do I really want to get this on film or not? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, there's certain bucks too where you see that or certain experiences where you're just like man i know i'm not going to get a video of this but i'm not going to pass this opportunity up man mr big i'm stepping out you're like man as bad as i want to get this on camera i don't think i'm gonna see him again yeah yeah so you know situations like that i think what i would do is just let that camera roll right catch catch whatever you can of silhouettes yeah. catch the audio of the experience catch the emotion that's going to be behind it as soon as you make that shot you know, yeah, maybe the Luminoc going through the air, you know? Yep. Yep. 
and then you know the rest of his story will tell itself um so yeah um i guess there's one more thing i got for you here yeah uh and it's not so much filming it's after the kill because i know you're you're big into photography okay yep um, you i'm i've been terrible about this i look back at some of my you know quote unquote trophy uh kill pictures you know whatever you want to call it the grip and grin however you want to say um but the harvest photos and some some animals i'm very proud of actually and i'm like man i did not take the time to make that what it could have been and what it should have been so what's what's your your tips there what's your what's your kind of process when you go about taking those those photos yeah uh so me personally i like to take a couple pictures before i move it like just walking up to it the way it died the way it's laying there in the field like the pictures you guys saw my axis deer was right where it died Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. From there, uh, you know, put it in a place that's going to capture sort of the essence of the spot you're at. So find a good background that kind of represents where you're at. It'll remind you of the hunt. Um, I like to take the pictures before I gut or field dress the animal. Uh, It it looks nicer. There's not blood all over it. Um, The other thing, too, is, you know, say say you're after a big one. Um, Throw a bottle of Windex in your truck. Um, It's something that people don't talk about a lot, but you know, if you shoot one and you've got blood running down it, take that Windex and that Windex will actually clean the blood off of the fur and mm-hmm. out of the fur. Um, it'll kind of turn it blue too. So you got to wipe it all out. But if you get it all out, it cleans off the blood and you'll get a nicer picture. That's not all bloody and you'll be able to, you'll be real proud of. Um, the other thing, make sure you're looking at what way the sun direction is, you know, put the sun mm-hmm. in your face or, kind of on your side um don't don't have it be behind your back if it's behind your back you're going to look like a silhouette and you're going to lose all your definition all your all your color okay um yeah i guess the only other thing and we we talked about it but i'll just beat it to death is keep filming right don't stop filming you never know what the important part is or what part you're going to wish you had filmed later well, another thing about you, you're talking about a Windex, uh, you know, and as having children here in the teepee household, we've got uh, still one in diapers, unfortunately. So looking forward to the day when that's over. But the uh, baby wipes, um, I've, I've, I've thought about using those before when it comes to cleaning that blood up. And then maybe you don't have that blue left behind from like a glass cleaner type of Windex type deal. So then you can just wipe it off and get, get the blood off for that, that pretty picture, you know? Yeah. The other thing you can use is vinegar. So it's more about the acidity and the, like the ammonia in it that is actually getting rid of the blood. So, you know, the acidity from the vinegar will help take that off too. If you're worried about using the blue from the Windex, but I mean, it comes out, you just got to dry it more than you think you would. First time I sprayed it on there and did it, I was like, man, that looks funny. And then you just keep wiping and keep wiping and it'll come out of the white belly fur. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, that was, I think that was the last thing I had written down for you that, you know, I really wanted to pick your brain on, you know, just for better quality. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, as we're sitting here talking, I'm looking at my screen and realize how dark it had gotten. So, you know, prime example of where that light would come in handy and what a difference yeah. that would make. So, yeah, I should just notice that <laughs> background behind me started out and it was daylight. Now it's dark. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, it's getting darker early and earlier. Fall is coming. Yeah. It's, oh my gosh. Well, 
you know, here in Southern Michigan, the weather we've had this August has been, I'm not going to say cool weather, but it's been mild weather for, man, August here in this area. It's, it's nothing for it to be 90s every day and just humid as all get out and just, then you walk outside and you feel like you, got, you just hit a wall at 6 a.m. and it's been 75 to low 80s almost the entire month. It's, yeah, we're, it's, it's getting me ready. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, before we go, anything you're looking forward to this fall? Oh man, just looking forward to my first fall being a part of fall obsession more than anything. It's just got me really juiced up, really jacked up for the season. Just, uh, you know, just excited to get out there and, and represent what we're trying to do, uh, as best as I possibly can. Um, yeah, I've got a few bucks that I've um, yeah, I've got a few bucks that I wouldn't mind, you know, if I get an opportunity at here in, in Northern Indiana, where I'm actually from it's in Northern Indiana, we relocated to Southern Michigan. Uh, the reduction zone opens up September 15th. So this is kind of why I got a hold of you when I did. I'm like, <laughs> a lot of time. I don't, I'm already procrastinating. Right. Yep. And I don't want to be doing what you're saying, you know, going out for a hunt and getting good footage and then, oh crap, I did something wrong. We can't even use it or it's not even existent. And so, yeah, we've got, I've got that coming here uh, shortly. So uh, it's, it's, it's looking like here within less than a month, I'm going to be hanging in a tree and I'm I'm so excited for that. Yeah. I think we all are. It's that time of year. Yeah. You got going on here in the next six weeks or so, or. Yeah. So, you know, early goose starts in North Dakota real soon. Then we got goose opener here in Minnesota, early goose season and early teal starts September 3rd. Uh, so we'll be hitting that hard. And then, uh, September what 17th, I want to say it is, is bow opener here in Minnesota. Uh, this is the first year I haven't applied for a bunch of out of state tags. So I'm going to be really focusing on Minnesota. So I'm really excited to get back into some of the local metro spots that I've hunted in the past, uh, as well as get out and do some waterfowl hunting with the dog. Uh, it's been a couple of years since I've really done a lot of that with him and miss it. Yeah, that's, I used to have a dog too, waterfowl hunting. Now it's, it was more about the dog there towards the end than it was the actual waterfowl hunting for me. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Just watching it work. Definitely. So. All right. Awesome. Well, hey, Michael, it's been great sitting down talking to you about this. I think we answered a lot of questions that you had, but also questions that our viewers at home have had. Um, anybody at home, if you have more questions, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, you can hit me up at drew at fallobsession.com or even just get a hold of us on our social media pages. Um, we're happy to answer questions for anybody, especially about tech and gear and creating videos. Um, additionally, anybody who's listened to this podcast, who decides to get into filming their own hunt this year, we would love to see them feel free to again, get a hold of me, send in your hunts. Uh, we'd love to see both your kill shots and, you know, some of the background of how you guys hunt in your area. The only other thing I got to say is that this week's episode was brought to you by Ridge Rock Hunt Club. Um, Derek and Lacey do a great job of putting people on some of their bucket list hunts. If that's something that you are looking to do or get into or have, you know, just want to find out more information from them, reach out to Derek. Uh, they are great people to work with. Again, Ridge Rock Hunt Club. Uh, that wraps us up for another episode here at Fall Obsession. It's been great. Michael, talk to you again soon. Stay obsessed, man. Yep, you too.